Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Alandari, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Hope Hickerson, and I'm a health education specialist and reporter. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician... That's me, and a health education expert... That's me. Talk about what you need to know to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. For more information about Noise Filter, your public health podcast, and to watch and share our incredible informative animations, please visit us at noisefiltershow.com. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. So let's get started. All right, everybody, welcome to Noise Filter. Of course, I'm Hope, and I just want to welcome our producer, Graham Patterson, to the show today. Dr. Derry is traveling, so Graham is stepping in for him. Graham is wonderful, and he's been on the podcast before, so this is a no-brainer. So, Graham, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Hope. You're wonderful, too. The war on tobacco and the vaccination effort. When public health interventions are centered around encouraging certain behaviors, they often face the issue of individual liberties versus overall benefit to the public. Recently, Barry Bloom, a professor from the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health, sat down with the interviewers from the New England Journal of Medicine and discussed the similarities between the war on tobacco and the COVID-19 vaccination effort. There are plenty of similarities between these public health efforts. First, these are both individual decisions. They are protected liberties. In other words, you have the choice to receive the vaccine just like you had a choice to smoke or not. And certain measures have been put in place that guide these liberties. For example, in most states, you cannot smoke in a restaurant or to smoke, you must be in a designated area removed from patrons. In the case of COVID-19 vaccinations, restaurants have the right to turn away customers who cannot provide proof of vaccination. At the end of the day, it is still your decision what you do. The Supreme Court in both cases has protected this liberty. They turned down OSHA's movement to require COVID-19 vaccines in private workplaces. Similarly, they denied a movement to limit the amount of nicotine and tobacco products. This puts public health officials in a unique spot because they're trying to balance public education with public policy. Strong messaging is extremely important to battle systemic and organized misinformation spread to the public. In the case of the tobacco wars, a lot of the misinformation was coming from corporations who benefited from tobacco sales. In the case of the COVID-19 vaccination effort, vaccine misinformation is far more decentralized, coming from different groups with different motivations. In the case of tobacco, years of data had revealed the dangers of smoking and its link to cancer. Despite the data, a lot of effort was required to continue battling the high population of smokers. But two studies came out that the public responded too strongly, more so than they had in the past. The studies indicated that the non-smoking spouses of smokers were more likely to develop lung cancer than the non-smoking spouses of non-smokers. Related to this vaccination effort, helping people to understand that their choices do have an impact on others is a great strategy to improve vaccination rates. 
Data indicates that vaccinations reduce transmission rates within households when people are most contagious. This reminds us that our actions do impact those around us. In both cases, there are some very clear and similar themes. Public health officials will continue to battle misinformation and educate the population on healthy choices for you and the people around you. Courts will often protect individual liberties and leave you with the right to make your own decisions. Hopefully, the government will be an effective catalyst for reform and regulation. This is why strong messaging and education are so important to the public health community. It's interesting to see how these two issues, although different in nature, presented very similar challenges to public health officials. The best we can do is learn from the past and apply successful approaches to the present. It's an individual decision, but it affects the public. So the government has to step in and make a decision. Do we infringe on personal liberties for the public good? I mean, but we've done this throughout history, right? Like when it came to um, separating our sewage lines from our water lines, like the government had to step in and make that decision saying, we're going to do this because if not, you're all going to continue dying because of dysentery. (laughs) That's really the only way that anything for the public gets done is that the government has to step in. And so that's why they're comparing it between tobacco and COVID-19, because yes, taking a COVID-19 vaccine is for the public good, but it is your personal liberty, whether or not you want to take it. Same as smoking is your personal liberty deciding if you want to smoke, but it does affect the public. So it puts them in a tough spot, like what messaging to use to affect people in the best way possible and benefits the masses. Meningitis vaccine may guard against gonorrhea. Rates of gonorrhea are on the rise as the sexually transmitted disease is becoming increasingly resistant to antibiotics, raising fear of a potential superbug. While there isn't a vaccine against gonorrhea yet, an available meningitis vaccine may offer some protection against this STI. Two vaccines can help protect against gonorrhea. The Menactra, Menveo, and Menquadfi protect against the A, C, W, and Y strains, while the other type of vaccine protects against the B strain. The vaccine that protects against the B strain offers cross-protection against gonorrhea. Clinical trials are needed to help further examine vaccine efficacy. According to the CDC, gonorrhea is spread through sex and is common among people ages 15 to 24 years old. Symptoms sometimes include painful or burning urination or discharge from the penis or vagina, but not everyone will develop symptoms. If gone untreated, gonorrhea can cause serious problems in both men and women. So a recent study detected more than 18,000 gonorrhea cases and nearly 7,700 people were vaccinated with the vaccine that protects against the B strain, with about half receiving one dose and the others receiving the full two doses. So complete vaccination provided 40% protection against gonorrhea and one dose provided 26% protection. Similar studies in Australia show that two doses of the vaccine was 33% effective against gonorrhea in adolescents and young adults. This vaccine is now recommended for adults and teens who have a high risk of meningitis. High-risk patients can include those that have certain immune disorders, take certain medications, or get exposed to a meningitis outbreak. 
It's important to note that the reason this vaccine protects against gonorrhea is due to the genetic similarities between meningitis and the organism that causes gonorrhea. These two bacteria cause different diseases but are closely related. As with any vaccine, it is important to first consult with a doctor before being vaccinated. I mean, this is fascinating, but it is important to note that those percentages we gave you, they're nice, but they are not anywhere near 100%. So we are not saying that if you get vaccinated for meningitis, that you are fully protected against contracting gonorrhea. Like, we don't want that to be the message. So please continue to practice safer sex practices and protect yourself in every way possible, because this is not a fail-safe, 100% way of protection. Thanks for listening to Noise Filter, your public health podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Noise Filter podcast, follow us on social media, and leave us a review letting us know your favorite part of the show. You can find me, Hope Hickerson, at hopehickerson.com. And you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at the Dr. Derry. That's D R D E R Y. To see and share our amazing animations and find out more information about us, the show, as well as links to our social media, go to noisefiltershow.com. We are grateful to our sponsors, including Access Health Louisiana and the End the Epidemic Initiative, who are working to bring equitable health outcomes to everyone they serve. Hope, any last words? Stay well out there, folks, and continue taking steps to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. That includes exercise, a good diet, getting adequate sleep, and seeing your health care providers regularly. And protect yourself and others by getting the COVID-19 vaccine and booster, wearing a mask, and social distancing wherever possible. Remember, health is a human right. <laughs> <laughs>